0: What's going on, everyone? This is Mitch from RespectMarriage.com back with another episode of the RMR podcast. For those that were tuned in a ago, we had a little bit of technical difficulties. If you weren't, don't even worry about that. I didn't even say that. This is the first time ever hearing this. We are back, episode <laughs> fifty-three. Special guests in the building from the home state of Washington. We got the Edgemont Group. We got Marcus Naramore and Eric Ward below me. Um, the Edgemont Group is a single-source cultivation, manufacturing extraction and distribution group with a house of brands, most notably two of those being Leafworks, full spec and the new, I guess two, and then the new solventless solar bear line. So how are you guys doing today? Absolutely. Great. I'm doing wonderful. Thanks. It's almost like we did this introduction twice, man. It was so, you know, (laughs) Um, so, so I start every episode off with our guest origin story around the plant. Uh, the plant being cannabis, you know, whatever you feel vulnerable sharing, both personal or and or professional. So I'll start with you, Marcus, and then we'll kick it down to Eric.
1: You know, my origin story with cannabis has to do with music, like a lot of people. Uh, I've always been a big musician and music fan. And when I first started smoking cannabis back to probably like early college, just the way that music would hit and the way it would like remove creative blocks for me, uh, it just it did everything right and then like the fact that there was no hangover like really not a lot of negative effects it's like this is an amazing substance and i knew that cannabis was a fit for my life at that point right um i started working in the industry about six years ago with this group i went out to wenatchee to check out their grow and it's this great sun-grown beautiful ri- grow and it overlooks the columbia river i was like this is gorgeous and like very zen and i want to be a part of this and Two months later, I'd flown out my now wife and my dog to Seattle, and we started going door to door trying to sell stuff to stores. And here we are six months later, six years later. Excuse me.
0: <laughs> what about yourself,
2: Eric? Um, Well, I started doing well, I started smoking weed. And when I was 14 and then I started doing extractions in 2001, uh, doing alcohol extractions, doing honey oil is what we were calling it back then. Um, and I started doing butane extractions in 2006. And then in 2008, I figured out how to do the liquid separation extraction that at that time, actually I was calling it the Heisenberg, but then we changed it to holy water. Um, and that was the first of its kind then, Uh, and it was kind of underground for, uh, quite a few years. And then we debuted it in 2014 at the cannabis, the first cannabis cup. There was the first legal one in Colorado um, and it was, uh, you know, did very well. And um, from there, just uh, started with a business called Nectar 710 down in California. And then from there, just started Holy Water. Um, They found out about me up here, I think, through that and asked me to come up and help design a machine with um, uh, Boris from Busy Bee, who's actually up here in Washington. And so I flew up to do that, um, found out what they needed for their production and got that all together. And from there I started training and I just really liked it up here, really liked the vibe of the people I was working with. Um, really just, it was a lot different than what I was experiencing in California. So I kind of was talking to them about possibly coming up here and working just to get the experience in you know, it's a very large lab up here. And uh, they were very okay with that and very generous with their offers. And so I came up here to try something different and get away from California because I'd never lived anywhere else. And so now I've been up here for a little over two years. I'm oh, sorry about that.
0: And uh... business is booming.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just hang it up here. So.
2: Uh... And so, yeah, basically, I've just been up here for two and a half years, and I um, <laughs> i don't know how to actually stop that from happening. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, so, yeah, and basically, uh, I've really enjoyed it up here because they let me do a lot of R&D. They let me do uh, basically anything I want to get to try. I bring a lot of the samples home, and I try to do a lot of mixes, things like that. Uh, So it's been a great time up here, and that's why I've stayed for about two and a half years now.
0: Yeah, from from the Bay Area to to Wenatchee, Washington, quite a bit of a different culture shock there.
2: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But it was nice. It was nice to get away and focus on just what I do for a living, which is what I love. And I feel very lucky to be able to be in this industry for so long through the ups and downs and still be here and still do what I love through all the different (laughs) all the different adversity I've had to face because of it. But in the end, it's like, I do love what I do. And that really pays off for me personally.
0: Hell oh, yeah, hell yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys both sharing. Uh, I, I always appreciate our guests being vulnerable and sharing just their, their connections to cannabis. It's, it's personal for a lot of us. It roots, it predates legalization for a lot of us. It might predate the the, the legal age for a lot of us, but you know, um, cannabis is an amazing thing that a lot of people experience. And and we are definitely blessed to be able to work in a, in a legal market these days. And, (coughs) um, excuse me. So obviously I was able to tour your guys' facility and I've known Marcus for a while, but I met you, Eric, when I came up there and toured and saw your guys' cultivation, which is, you know, one of the largest I've seen in the state of Washington and definitely one of the largest I feel like I've seen anywhere, to be honest. Um, but it's definitely a standout for this state. You know, Washington has a big focused on like I won't even say small batch by choice. It's just a lot of like 2,000 square foot facility, you know, cultivation or canopy space, right? Maybe like 7,000. And you guys have uh, some some real life, you know, Kevin Costner field of dreams out there on the hill. And then obviously the the massive extraction facility. But um you know you guys are single source which is a unique value proposition especially in this market right in california there is some larger greenhouse and sun grown that is able to do that and washington is is very uni- i mean it's unique in general but it's especially unique for this market but i'm kind of curious we'll start with marcus and then we can jump to eric but just some of the the advantages and then some of the you know maybe not disadvantages but challenges
1: of, of being single source i think you know our, our we're cultivators at heart i think that's how we started and growing Sun Grown has always made sense to us. Uh, it just it feels in tune, it feels like the way cannabis should be grown to us, not to everybody. Um, it feels very natural and you're working with mother earth, right? To like get the cannabis to what it needs to be. So that's kind of why we went that direction. And then I think from single source, what a customer is gonna notice is it's gonna be clean, it's gonna be consistent, it's gonna be a full of our products. And that's just kind of stems from how we want our cannabis to be, right? Like. We have, we're very meticulous about how we do you know, we, with our pesticides, don't use pesticides, and uh, then it's going to be consistent. So if you get a batch of nine pound hammer from us, it's going to be the same every time because we grew that and we extracted it and it's going to have the same characteristics. And it's going to be affordable. Uh, it's not going to be bottom of the barrel, but what it's going to be is it's going to be approachable pricing. Um, even with our live resin, our solvent list, those are products we want to have a lot of people to have access to because we really love them. And so it's all about just making it clean, consistent, and affordable. That's really the advantages of the single source uh, kind of sun-grown cultivation we use. In terms of disadvantages, you know, I think one of the biggest ones I see is maybe just Flexibility. Um, people who do runs, obviously you have a faster t- turnaround time and you're able to get new strains out there a lot quicker. If you add in kind of like the botanical terpene methodology for cartridges, it's even faster, right? You can have theoretically unlimited amounts of your strains coming from botanical terpene. And that really flexible wrong with that. Um, you know, so we have a limited subset of strains we can use. However, like one of the things Eric does really well, and one of the kind of ways he's added just a whole new dimension to what we do is he does some kind of post-process mixology. So he has like this whole library of our extracts, you know, in all their different forms. And he really is a magician in figuring out how he can put together different aspects of those oil to create something new. So Eric, I'd love for you to share kind of about your mixology with our straights.
2: Yeah. um, Well, thank you very much for saying that. That's very complimentary. Um, the reason that I've gotten much better at that is, um, you know, like you were saying, like, the, you know, our limited amount of strains. But uh, when I think came up here, um, the strains that we have are a lot of the older strains. And a lot of them are actually land race based strains um, that I just haven't seen anywhere else but in Washington. Um, and I go home to my apartment and you guys let me take samples of all the different things that we make. And I do little mixes at home. Uh, when I get off work uh, for R&D, and like I was saying before, is a tough job, but someone's got to do it, and uh, <laughs> um, that's what I do. Is I, you know, go home and I spend a lot of time doing these mixes. And I found that, you know, there's some things that, you know, with terpenes and things like that, some will cancel each other out. You know, if you do too many strains at once, let's say you mix six different strains together, you think you're going to get this amazing six different strain, like you know, every little bit of each thing. But in the end, it becomes its own thing and sometimes that's good sometimes it's not um there are definitely some that are better for like bases and then you can add a little bit of one that's a little skunky or little you know whatever it is you're going for gassy citrusy all the fun flavors of cannabis um and it's it's really fun it's like being a chef and just adding in just the right amount of things to be able to get that little touch maybe on the back end or maybe on like the tip of your tongue you know from sweet to gassy to you know it hits in a different way in your mouth as you're smoking it and then also when you blow it out the smell in the air also counts as its own thing you know so i find that things like blueberry or things with any tie in it things like that you know if, you, if i'm around other people and i blow that smoke out people will stop in their tracks and be like what is that you know and it will have a different taste going in but when you blow it out it'll be like a haze or like i said like the tie or some sort of you know Old school genetics that we have up here um, that I don't see so much in California anymore. But I grew up with in high school um, getting stuff from Humboldt, you know, Humboldt County would see all kinds of stuff, you know, and um, it's nice to be able to mix some of the older stuff with some of the newer strains. And it's kind of like what growers do with genetics, but it's much faster because it's like I'm able to do, you know. But it's also a little different because it doesn't involve phenos and pheno hunting. And you know, but that's also what makes it faster. It gives me an idea of what things go well together. Um, And that's been really fun for me. Um, And also the other thing would be just the consistencies of different types of extracts Uh, between batters. uh, Of course, there's diamonds, sugar, um, shatter. I mean, there's, you know, a wild, you know, amount of (laughs) variety in this industry. Um, You know, my favorite is the liquid. You know, I love the, the straight high terpene extract, you know, that we've been calling holy water for a long time down there and in California. Um, and it's just, that's a little bit harder to put to market because we have to educate people on the best way to smoke things like that, because it's such high terpene content will be like 35, 40% terpenes, but it'll also be about 45, 50% THC. And since we don't tell people the terpene content but we need to tell them the THC content. People will look at a cartridge and they're not gonna go for the one that's like 50% THC, even though the taste on that is mind-blowing. Like the people that yeah. I've been giving it to for years, my friends and you know, people that I've known for a long time, once they start smoking that type of extract, which you have to do at a very low temperature to get the amount out of it. And you actually do get very high from it because that terpene high counts for a lot. And so the quality of high from that, I. I like the quality of that better than just a high THC product. And the, the pleasure of that taste and that smell in the air is just like, I just love that. And that's a big part of my passion and why, kind of what I'm in it for. And so I like doing everything though, because everything it needs to be a little different because the market, not everybody likes the same thing. So what's been fun for me is just being able to be versatile in this industry and be able to do a bunch of different types of products, because you just never know what's going to hit in a certain area, you know, and as much as I'd love to educate everybody on the things that I like the most, and I will continue to do that throughout my life. Um, you know, you got to be able to work with your market, too.
0: Absolutely. And and I like what you're saying with, you know, pheno hunting, for those that are, are, aren't familiar, you know, that's like breeding plants, and it takes a whole crop cycle. And if you guys are doing outdoor, you know, it's like pretty much, you know, you only get a couple cycles if, if you know, if more than one a year, right? So like you can only explore so much so often, but these mixtures, you can find new flavor profiles. You know, me is a, I, t- I tend to be a flower consumer and I find, I don't often mix, but I find nice mixes where there's certain strains that yeah, mix. Sometimes. I, that's what I appreciate. I'm not sure. Do you guys still sell the, just the, that holy water type product, right? Do you guys still have that on the market? Just the little vials? You that's the and that's
1: the fire man and that's what eric's talking about we yeah. released that and it was, it's just a fire but no one understood it right like yeah percent thc it comes in a vial and it just sat there and we're like we had to pull the plug on it because the market then maybe we'll reintroduce it you know down the road and there's things we could have done better to communicate it i'm sure but like that's exactly i think what eric's talking about with that yeah that's yeah. what you want yeah, yeah. and i then, would like
2: to see it definitely grow a little more
0: yeah and i i I had found some of you guys and that started the Aju I was trying to think of what what it was labeled mm-hmm. as, which I love that because yeah. I'm a major, major French dip fan, like major. So oh, yeah. to, yeah, you're, like, you're connected <laughs> yeah. in my heart right there. But I like that because same thing, I could take some maybe diamonds, of another flavor profile I like and you know i could do a little cold start dab or something maybe i'm not eric might criticize maybe i'm not doing it right i'm a baby i love cold start. rookie, star. rookie I dab do everything star. so i would take a little mm-hmm. bit of some diamonds or something else and just mix a little bit of that au jus and just kind of you know come up with my own little flavor concoction oh, yeah. so i appreciated that product for me to nerd out at home and kind of discover some of my own blends if you will that's yeah that's like
2: it. It. it's fun to do that that's what i love to do too definitely my biggest hobby
0: (laughs) yeah and that's and that's that's one of the challenges right in this market is is that consumer education because it's you know people are chasing thc based on affordability and like you said like you're you're pure dissolute you know it's a great it's a fine product. There's a huge market for it. Usually going to be pretty much just stripping the THC out of the plant. So it's going to be a high THC, but the high, you know, compared to, you compare a 96% or 94% dissolute compared to 76% live resin pen, right? With a higher, or a cartridge with higher terpenes, right? Like, your connoisseur is going to be able to distinguish that and not even worry about the THC and be like, oh, that's 76%. They're probably the THC is being made up for in a higher percentage of terpenes. And that's probably going to get me where I need want to go better than the dissolute. But you know, your average consumer, they're just looking at these numbers and for some reason, it's it's this this disconnect. So I'm curious from like Marcus on your, your perspective on the sales side, um, you know, it's your experience in that is like, how is it communicating to stores and then what is that feedback loop not only communicating to stores and bud tenders but then ultimately them taking that last step of the mile and communicating it to consumers
1: that is a hard nut to crack mitch so like to me it's all about experience right like i have spent so many times talking to people about the entourage effect talking about terpenes talking about uh cannabis terpenes or botanicals and every single time people's eyes glaze over it, right? And like, I would probably be in the same boat cause it's complex terminology. You're trying to like think about these different concepts for a plant that some people might just think as weed, right? Like trying to all these upper level concepts. So like what I found is the tried true thing is the aha moment of when you actually taste it, exhale it and experience it for the next couple hours. And I get that that's kind of like reductive, simplified thinking, but it's really true. Like. So my whole goal is, can I get bud tenders to experience the product and then have that discussion? Because once you get that exhale and you taste that aroma that Eric's talking about, you're interested in canvas drive terpenes. You're interested in full spectrum. You're interested in the entourage effect because you're experiencing it, right? So for me, it's like, how can I just get close to that experience and share that experience with bud tenders and customers, which is a challenge. But that's that's really the magic ticket.
2: Yeah, we got to do that. We, we, I got invited out to Seattle to our Leafworks spot out there, where we invited a bunch of bud tenders to try the product, and so I could explain to them what it's about because it is good to educate them because they're the people on the front lines, um, you know, talking to the customers, and they're the people we definitely want to know exactly what our product is, you know, and I try to give a little write up of like, you know, this is what you can explain to the customer that they're asking certain questions. Um, you know, cause another thing about our products is they have no residuals and so we can get really high terpenes in our BHO and have it be non-detectable for the residuals, which is something that took me a few years, yeah. a few years of my life to be able to do. I'm well, sorry about that again. Okay. Business, business and, is booming, uh, man.
0: Business is booming. <laughs> that's
2: life, right? It's either kids or dogs or phones, right? So, um, <laughs> but. But yeah, you know, it's like uh, that education is really important. Um, it's something that I will continue to try to do my entire life because I know what I enjoy and I want other people to be able to enjoy it that same way. And if that means you have to teach them there's a certain way to smoke
1: it or vaporize it, um, you know, that effort is worth it. I just want to give a little shine what Eric is saying there. So like there's a common understanding that residuals and flavor, there's a trade off, right? So like. The more flavor you're gonna have, they're gonna have some residuals in it. And the more you try to like, encourage everything, the less flavor you have. The fact that Eric's figured out that balance to have literally like no residuals. If you look at our COAs, it's zero PPM on a lot of these strains, it's absolutely stunning. and still have the flavor come through. That's a that's a huge achievement and it makes me happy to smoke everything he's he's creating, right? I have no shred of like second thought about it. So I, I just wanted to give a little bit of shine to that achievement. It's amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: That's yeah. the. I mean, he, I mean, he said it right. He's he's at, he's at work all day playing with concentrates, and then he goes home and keeps doing it, man. So I think you know that that twenty four seven commitment to to furthering the craft and bettering, bettering the product line is definitely you know shines through. Um, and then Eric, from your perspective, like you know, I, I ask everyone that's like in whether they're in the cultivation or they're in the creation of products. Are there certain products, and maybe it's just the azu, jus, but what are there certain products you have? that you just nerd out on and love, but the market kind of hasn't, the education's not there. The market hasn't quite accepted yet. Cause I know every grower I know has like a strain that they love, but it it goes so low on THC, they can't move it. And they're like, bro, I can't sell this, but it's my favorite. <laughs> yes. one. Or do you have any products yes. that you love, but for one reason or another, are just not in the market? Well,
2: for right now, since I've been doing solventless here for the, the last, last uh a little over a year um i've you know there are a lot of strains that don't work for solventless as far as yield Mm. um you know but it just have the flavor and you're just like oh my god you know some of them will give us like a one percent yield out of it but it's just like one of my favorite things you know but um you know we are able to make a lot of things work so we still are putting out some of those because we do care very much about flavor and quality, so sometimes we just throw some in there that are maybe not big yielders, but we put out because they just are such good flavors. And um, you know, I've been coming up with some stuff at home having to do with a couple new techniques that I'm doing that I don't know how to scale yet, but make just the most ridiculous head stash. And so that's that's one of my jobs is to figure out. It's that marriage between quality and scale mm-hmm. um, because we, we're a big, we are a big lab and we do a pretty large amount per week. So any R&D that I do, if it's not scalable. Um, it's not something that we can ever give to people in the end. So I'm constantly thinking about how is it that we can do this very refined, very beautiful product that I don't see other people even ever have and then make that into a thing. And so that's a, I spent a lot of time doing that that's my little secret d projects that I do that's why I do a lot of it in at home because you know just with because uh, i don't i'm not ready for anyone to see or yet until I have some things figured out but i'm working on a few things now that i'm really excited about that hopefully we'll all be seeing in the future um that are actually i'm really excited <laughs> uh, I'll be able to tell you guys more in the future oh, got sure okay I got some ideas I just gotta I gotta work them out but um yeah like you know the strains and the yields are very important you know that's why we've seen some of our favorite stuff disappear over the years you know I used to make like a sour di- a sour diesel bubble hash like back before rosin it was just amazing I mean just this full melt just like from just some of that that old school 2000 sour diesel it was just some of my favorite ever you know just, You know, you have a gram in your pocket and the whole room smells like a scum. (laughs) Kind of of what I grew up with, you know, and um, but it didn't produce a lot of the bubble. But it was something that I was always making because it's just that good. So, you know, I'm always going to be keeping stuff in there that may not be as viable for the money making side of things, but just for the people who appreciate that, you know, because they're out there. And uh, the good thing about the people here is they still let me do things like that. And it's not not every place is cool like that in that way. And they really are here, you know, as long as everything works out all around, you know, like they're very accommodating for mm-hmm. the people that really love to smoke for just the smoking sake, which is one of the things I really love about this company.
1: Yeah. And, that, and, and I just to, just to add on to that, like some of the strains you're coming up with, Eric, like there's a cherry Springer. That was like a huge yeah. hit. There's a heavenly haze that's been a big hit. Uh, the dessert buffet was a kind of cocktail you created, and that one the Sun Growers Cup recently, right? So, like, yeah, yeah, boy, and, yeah, and I've seen those, and sometimes they have like nine or ten different strains in them. Yep. So I think that kind of fits the bill, right? But like, okay. that to me is a lot of the magic that comes out is when you're able to come up those multiple mixes and really wow people with those profiles.
2: Oh yeah, I listen to music while I'm doing those mixes. I'm often just dancing and doing the mixes and then smelling and then like, you know, I'll be <laughs> putting some fish in the background and be like, you know, it, it inspires me to be creative. And so I definitely add a lot of music into what I do. And I've always got that playing in the background. And it just puts me in that kind of mood, you know, and um, that's a big part of it for me, actually.
0: That's, um, that's it's nice
2: to be able to, get to do that here as well. So, you know, I, I consider that part of the inspiration as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's funny because, you know, a lot of the grows, like indoor grows, it's easier, but they said they play music for the plants. But I've actually seen a couple, not many, but I've seen some concentrate makers like, you know, we've gone to do videos and they get all set up. And it's so funny. I've seen them like get their music on and start like
2: grooving. And yeah, that's so what it is. And it's like, like a flow. I'll be like dancing and doing mixes, smell it, be doing a little spin, go back around. And, you know, those are like the really good things. Those are like, the. I mean, it just puts me into such a good mood. And it's like, I really appreciate, it makes, I appreciate so much all the things it took for me to get to this point, to be able to do these things. Um, And then some days that just hits every, it's like the perfect storm, or it's just like that appreciation for what I've gone through to get here, plus the music, plus how it smells, which I just, I just love that so much. And so, you know, like, I'd love that I get to do that for a living now and I get a paycheck for it. It's just unbelievable. (laughs) It's like, oh, it's, you know, actually... Paying taxes and doing the doing it right, doing everything how it's supposed to be done. Oh, yeah. I love that that's the direction it went in, because uh, when
0: it wasn't like that, it certainly was a lot more nerve wracking. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And, and and Marcus, could you could you give me a little bit of a breakdown? Because I know one of, one of the things that's unique about you know the Edgemont Group and your guys' approach is building out kind of brand pillars that are built around specific product types that all kind of are consistent and cohesive. One of the main things that we see in cannabis is someone will come out with flour and then they'll add extracts. And then they might even in flour, you'll see a premium line and a budget line. And it's confusing to the consumer. Like, hey, I bought this last time and it was killer. And I bought it this time and it sucks because they bought, maybe they bought the top shelf the first time and then the lower shelf within the same category. And it's kind of confusing, but you guys have taken a unique approach Kind of that Proctor and gamble if you will approach of like building out you know brands built around specific SKUs and specific like categories so i'm category so i'm kind of curious your guys's approach to the the house of brands
1: i mean cannabis is really diverse right like uh, there's a lot of different type of people who enjoy cannabis the way you enjoy cannabis is really diverse just from person to person like you go into a disco or anything you see all type of customers going in there So. For our perspective, we're a diverse company too. We have a lot of different types of personality types and lifestyles. How can we take all these different product types that we have and match them to different customers, right? So like that's where this all started is just how can we simplify, build a community around these products and these brands. So like Leafworks is our kind of like accessible brand, right? Maybe somebody who's kind of curious, et cetera, and they want to learn a little bit more about it. It's all based on moods. Um, So it's very accessible and easy to get into. Full specs a little more heady. It's a bit more spacey, right? It's all focused on live resin. That might be somebody who has some knowledge on cannabis, is really looking for a flavor profile, really looking for something unique. And then you know, Solar Bear is all about solvents. And I don't even really need to go in depth about the solvents community. That is one of the most tightly knit communities in cannabis. They know what's good. They know what they like. Word travels fast, whether it's good or bad. Um, and it's you know that that brand is centered on them. So. It all starts with the different type of customers. It doesn't, doesn't make sense for us to jam everything into one brand and hope all those different disparate customer types come under the big tent. So that's kind of, we split it up into those different communities, uh, it simplifies it.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan as like a marketer, as someone that's out here trying to, you know, be a conduit between what brands and retail is doing to the consumers where there's this fragmented and gaps of education, I, I like that. I think, I think a lot of brands are kind of moving towards that now because they saw the other model is completely confusing. So I just always got to tip my hat. That was something I think we might have spoke about a while ago. I was like, I always appreciated you guys taking that approach kind of out the gate of segmenting these different brands by different consumer types.
1: I think it's the, the, the right approach in this space. I appreciate it, man. And listen, it's come with a lot. Of, just like Eric doing a lot of experiments at home, we've had a lot of experiments with brands. There's probably like six or seven browns brands on the cutting room floor that didn't take off but i think right now we have a really good portfolio that's like really focused on specific communities within canvas
0: Awesome. Well, man, I appreciate you guys hopping on here today for this episode, sharing about you guys' journey, the house of brands that you got at Edgemont. For people out there that want more information, you know, leafworks.com, I think fullspec710.com, I think it's at full.spec on Instagram, and then at leafworks on Instagram if I have all that. I don't know Solar Bears handle, so you might have to plug that if you got a separate handle for that. I think
2: it's it's solar.bear, I think.
0: You got it.
2: I think that's what it is
1: solar
0: bear okay s-o-l-r
1: s-o-l-r bear b-e
0: yeah awesome man why well, I super i super appreciate you yeah someone just comment that i'm high as fuck where can i get it works in southern california <laughs> not not in california yet you know maybe, maybe in the future man Watch, doing my check man. it out when you come out to washington my friend uh but no i appreciate you guys coming on here man and and uh, excited to see the continued growth. Uh, um, and, you
1: know, thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mitch. You guys are doing awesome
1: things in the industry. Respect my region is really important.
0: Humbled, man. Respect my region with the RMR podcast. We'll be back with, I believe we have one more episode before the day's up today, man. I'm hitting, hitting three of them, man, trying to three-peat it like the Lakers or something. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. We'll be back with you guys with more content soon.